Hello and welcome to this special Christmas edition of the Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. It's special because some of you may be listening to it on the radio, but some of you are watching it on TV. Yes, we've made a Salt and Light Hour Christmas TV special, but nothing is being lost. It's still the same Salt and Light Hour that you know and love. And as we do every Christmas, I'll be joined by our contributors who will be giving their segments a little Christmas twist. Andrew has a Christmas saint. Danny takes stock of the year that has been. Jillian learns a Christmas lesson from her kids. Hollywood teaches Mark Matthews something about Christmas. And Sister Marie Paul Curley has her 2014 Windows to the Soul Christmas Countdown. Stay tuned to see what her theme is this year. And as we always do on this show, we're going to be listening to music, but it has to work for TV. So we found three wonderful videos to three beautiful Christmas songs by three talented Catholic artists and Salt and Light Hour supporters, Father Rob Gallia, Seraphim, and Marie Miller. So lots coming up. So let's begin with a song. Here's Father Rob Gallia with his beautiful Christmas song, Emmanuel.
Father Rob Gallia with Emmanuel. You can find out more about Father Rob at fatherrobgallia.com. I'm Deacon Pedro. You can look me up on Twitter and on Facebook. And if you're looking for handy parenting tips, stick around because coming up is Jillian Cantor with what her kids taught her about Christmas. But now it's time for Saint of the Week with Andrew Santos. Deacon Pedro, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Oh my goodness. Here we are. I think you uh, created an awesome idea. I think, you know, taking what's on radio and putting it into our other broadcast forms. Brilliant. Good. So we have this segment is approved by Andrew Santos. Andrew Santos. Good. So we have Good. some Christmas saints. Uh, we do have some Christmas saints. Uh, we have one in particular. We cannot look at the season, this most magnificent season in the liturgical calendar, without looking at Christmas. But you know, first and foremost, I want to look at Saint Nicholas. Okay. It wouldn't be Christmas without Saint Nicholas, Saint Bishop Nicholas. Nicholas of Myra, yes. I should say. Um, but then also at the end, you know, I want to highlight a few, sure. um, a few particular saints. So we look at. Um, the secular version of Santa Claus. Yes. And where does Santa Claus come from? It comes from Bishop Nicholas of Myra, yeah. who uh, was born during the third century um, in what is present day Turkey. Yeah. So um, at that time, the area was very Greek. Uh, he was Christian. And interestingly enough, his parents were very wealthy. We hear this. We hear the story time and time again of saints who you know, come from wealthy backgrounds. Francis of Assisi, Nicholas, right. Nicholas is no exception. Uh-huh. So um, he really took to heart what Jesus' words were, yeah. you know, to sell everything that you have, uh, to give everything that you have to the needy and the poor, and he mm-hmm. did that, and that mm-hmm. was what he was known for. So he used his whole inheritance, yes. everything that he had, yes. assist the needy, give back to the poor. And interestingly enough, uh, based on who he was and what he did for the people around him, he was made the Bishop of Myra right. um, in that part of the world in Turkey uh, while he was a young man. So he became known uh, very well known for his generosity to the needy, uh, his love for children, and especially, not many people know this because they think, oh, here's a good man who just gives all of his, por- um, all yeah, of his, his, his materials to the poor and what, but he was known for his care, his pastoral care for sailors. Really? And ships. I didn't know that. Yeah. Really? So, um, yeah. So, St. Nicholas's feast day is technically, it just passed. December it's celebrated 6th. December the 6th. Yep. And you look at all of the the rich heritage in Europe. Like, for example, in Germany and Poland, boys dressed as bishops. Really? Yeah, so uh, they begged alms for the poor and, uh-huh. interestingly enough, sometimes for themselves. Uh, <laughs> when you look at the Netherlands and Belgium, uh-huh. uh, many people wonder what they do in that part of the world. Uh, St. Nicholas arrived on a steamship from uh-huh. Spain. So, you know, again, referencing the from whole... Spain, really? Yeah, referencing yeah. the whole uh, pastoral care for sailors. Yeah. And um, in the Netherlands, he um, celebrated on the 5th. Uh-huh. On the eve of the sixth, right. uh, by sharing candies, like little, yeah. little things with chocolates, little letters, uh, small gifts and riddles. Right. Um, the Dutch, carrots and hay, uh-huh. um, in their shoes for the saints' horses. For, yeah. So um, very interesting. So, wow. um, but all of this is good stuff. Yes. Um, we know that this is what happened with Saint Nicholas, but a lot of historians, a lot of people in the church, really doubt. Um, if this actually did exist, really, well, when you talk existed. to a lot of when you talk to a lot of historians and theologians, um, many people think that it was basically just it was just something nice. It was like a little riddle, or it was right, almost a like a fairy tale. Yeah. But it really wasn't. Um, Bishop Nicholas put everything on the line, and he gave everything back to the mm-hmm. poor and to those whom he ministered to in that part yeah. of the world as a bishop. Saint Nicholas. So Saint Nicholas, absolutely. And um, you know, it's interestingly enough um, that Saint Nicholas in that part, in that part of time, 
was already considered a saint by the people. While he was alive. While he was alive, yeah. because just, you know, so it's, it's totally countercultural to have someone who, you know, yeah, he's doing yeah, so much with yeah, his yeah, money, yeah. but he's giving it away yeah, to the poor. Yeah. So uh, he was considered a saint even before the church began the process of beatification. Yeah. So um, uh, besides St. Nicholas, who we look to, who we revere yeah, at yeah, this yeah. particular time uh, in the church's calendar, uh, we look to other saints. I think we should be looking to also people like St. Joseph. Of you course. Know, who yeah, is the father of the saint. Christ child, uh, yeah. St. Joseph, the patron saint of Canada. Mm -hmm. um, but also, just quickly, St. Francis Xavier, December the 3rd. Okay. St. Nicholas. Uh, Blessed Juan Diego, uh, for those who have a special yeah, um, devotion to him, Our Lady of Guadalupe, St. Lucy, St. John of the Cross, St. Yes. John of the Cross, who we highlighted we in, a couple weeks ago, in, yes. in um, Advent. our Advent series, St. Stephen. Yes, okay. We have to celebrate something on Boxing Day, deacon. and that's St. Stephen, who's a deacon. St. John the Evangelist, uh, the Holy Innocents as well, okay. and yeah. St. Elizabeth Seton, who really is in the New Year, January, um, January the 4th. Yes. Yeah, so. Wow, so lots of... Uh, Absolutely. Like St. Nicholas, I, uh, we couldn't do this segment without looking and um, just reflecting on, uh, on who he is. Um, St. Nicholas, um, when I think of St. Nicholas's story, I think about, you know, our Holy Father right now. I think about mm -hmm. Pope Francis, yeah. who, you know, is really about putting a different spin on things and yeah. really giving that compassion Pastoral to the poor. care and giving. So. Uh, so, yeah, so lots of great saints. Thank you very much, Andrew. Merry Christmas. Andrew Santos is our saint expert. He's also the youth minister at St. Justin Martyr Parish in Unionville, Ontario. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is a special Christmas TV edition of the Salt and Light Hour, Salt and Light's weekly radio program. You can learn more at saltandlighttv.org radio. And now it's time for... What I learned from my kids with Jillian Cantor. Jillian, can we say Merry Christmas? Yes, let's say it. Happy Advent. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> so what have you been learning from your kids this month, I this guess? This month, this Advent? Well, my kids have been teaching me how to be more intentional with the weeks of Advent, with the four okay. weeks of Advent. And I have four kids, and there are four weeks of Advent, so oh. how perfect is that? So you pay attention to one kid per week. Oh, per week, that's good. Good parenting advice. Yeah, just pay one. <laughs> when it, in regards to prayer only, okay, feeding okay. and clothing every day, everyone. Okay. Um, good. No, for each of the weeks, I've been kind of focusing on those meanings of the candles, uh -huh. and then applying that to whichever child I feel like is more. Right. It's more appropriate for. So for the first week for the for the hope candle, I've been praying for my son Henry. Uh -huh. Henry is a, a passionate fellow. He's a lover and a fighter. And so in that all that passion, he can love you one minute and he can be so mad at you the next. Yes. But which is frustrating. But what we've also <laughs> learned from him is that he's also passionate about learning and understanding. And sometimes you don't know if what you're saying is actually staying in there or if mm -hmm. it's even getting in there um, but he but it is with him and he's retaining it and it'll come out at the most interesting times like we were um, just looking at coins and pennies and quarters and going through that with our oldest son mm -hmm. and Henry came and picked up a coin and he looked at the queen on the back and said is this Caesar <laughs> given to Caesar what is Caesar's like, what where did that he's come from so he is paying attention and I mean not just in regards to money and <laughs> but um, he'll tell us things about heaven and he'll ask questions about God and Jesus and, and he's really thinking about it. Mm -hmm. So during this week of hope, I, my prayer is that that sense of hope, that sense of mm. um, wonder will always stay with him. Nice. Uh, just as the prophets were hoping for what would come, what would God had promised for yeah, us, yeah, yeah. I, I hope 
for him uh, that he will know what God has in store for him. He's the only one of my yes. children to have ever told me, Mom, God has a plan for your life. Oh so I hope gosh. he always knows that and understands that. Okay, I was going to say he's going to be a banker, but maybe he's going to be a theologian <laughs> or, or a yeah, vocations director. <laughs> we shall see. We shall see. Henry H. Henry Hope. Yeah, Good. Exactly. Yeah. Week two? Week two. Peace. And that is for my son, my eldest son, Joseph. He is an anxious fellow, and I know where he gets that from. <laughs> um, yeah, he's a worrier, um, yeah. and I can see it. He's he's now in grade one, and I can see it coming out even more because he has more responsibilities. He is a student. He's my helper at home. He's a big brother, and so he takes that on, mm -hmm. and he really becomes anxious about many things, mm -hmm. um, and it it pains me because I know what it's like to be a worrier. So when I see him, I just I feel for him, and I want him to move beyond that. Mm -hmm. And just as Jesus was born to bring peace amid fear and human failings, I want him to know God's peace and love for him yeah. so that he can just enjoy being six and stop wow. worrying about yeah. the world. So so that is good. That's good. So for Joseph, peace. Yeah. Joseph Peace. Week three. Week three is joy, and that is for our dear little Clara. She is just four months old, and she is such a happy baby. She has she is. the Thank you. She, <laughs> she has the smiliest eyes, and when she yes. is happy, her whole face shows it. And while it may seem weird for a grown-up to smile as large as she does, <laughs> I do want to take not take some of her joy. I want her to share her joy yes. and to teach me a little bit about being joyful. Um, and so I'm looking to her to be my example of of joy and yeah. just celebrating whatever it is in that moment. For her, it's like, I've been fed and I had a good sleep. I'm joyful. Yes. For me, just to, to know I am loved by God and he has a plan for me, just as my son Henry has told me. <laughs> and um, you shouldn't worry. And I shouldn't worry. Thank you, Joseph. So just to live that joy yeah. as she does. Yeah, good. Like joy, like a four-month-old. Yeah, exactly. I like it. Okay, good. And week four. Week four, last child is Annie, um, and that is she. I'm for her. I'm praying about love. Um, mm -hmm. Annie is two, mm -hmm. and she behaves like a two-year-old. <laughs> she has yes, a lot know of what that means. <laughs> ideas and opinions, and she's not afraid to share them or challenge you loudly yes. and challenge me. Yes. Um, and it's really a difference from this sweet little one-year-old that she was. There is a marked difference between one and two for her. And where she used to be so cuddly and loving, she has now, uh, she's not afraid to tell you, just go away or don't touch me. And yeah, it's shocking, yeah. what happened to my little baby girl and why is she being so mean to me? Um, so for her, I pray that she knows love and that she knows how to be loved and how to give love. And I know it's just a phase. I know yes. two will pass into three and we'll, We'll reach a point where we're okay again, um, but I just really mm -hmm. want her to to love and to just mm -hmm. she 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 has wonderful hugs and smooches for her siblings sometimes, um, <laughs> and I just want her to be able to share that with with whoever needs it. Like the, especially around Christmas, the gift of children to other people is really something. Like yeah. to go into a retirement home or nursing home and to let your children be among mm -hmm. these people who don't normally see that gift of life. Mm -hmm. um, I think it, that's just beautiful. And so that's what I want my children to be to other people, whether it's whether they're showing joy, hope, peace, or love, whatever yeah. it is, I want them to be gifts unto others as well. Um, and that's like what the Advent wreath really represents. It's this, um, the people who are living in darkness, they're searching for the light of the world, they're searching for their Messiah. Mm -hmm. And every day my kids are a light unto me in my yeah. darkness, in my spiritual darkness, whether it's my selfishness or uh, just my pride or whatever sin is plaguing me. These little people illuminate 
that. They mm. illuminate my sin, but they also bring me to the light of Christ just by helping me to be more patient and teaching me more about, you know, those meanings, those meanings of hope, peace, well, love, and joy. to teach you about hope. See, it's interesting because I grew up with the tradition of the Advent wreath, but I never... I was never taught what they meant. Yeah. That there was a, the hope candle, the peace candle, the joy candle, and the love candle. Mm -hmm. So that's something, I don't know, maybe that's a tradition that and a lot of people there know. Are, there there yeah. are different meanings. Not, that's just one of the, mm -hmm. I think, yeah, selections you can Yeah, no, and I love the pick, idea that, that, yes, you're praying for those virtues, can we call them virtues, for your children, but at the same time, they embody those virtues. And they need in to a teach way me. that we as grown-ups don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they need to teach us yes, that. Yeah. Certainly. So. So hope. Henry. Henry. Peace. Peace. Joseph. Joseph. <laughs> Henry is three. He's four. He's four. Yeah. Joseph. Peace. He's six. Clara. La Clara is joy. joy. Yes, I should remember Formas. that because she is full of joy. And, and Annie and too Annie needs some loving. <laughs> and and Jillian needs a lot of those things <laughs> altogether. Everything. Everything. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, thank you. Thank you. This is, this is so useful. Um, Merry Christmas. Thanks. Same to you. Enjoy your Advent. Thank you. Jillian Cantor is the producer of the Salt and Light TV program Mothering Full of Grace, and she's also the wife of David and the mother of Joseph, Henry, Annie, and Clara. Here now are the angelic voices of Seraphim with Angels We Have Heard on High.
seraphim with angels we have heard on high. Seraphim is Krista, Lisa, and Teresa Hansen, and you can learn more about them at seraphim.ws. Coming up in our second half hour, Christmas Media Ministry Minutes with Danny Torquia, What's Good in Hollywood with Mark Matthews, and Sister Marie Paul Curley has a Christmas movie countdown that you never imagined. So stay tuned. Hello and welcome to part two of a special edition of the Salt and Light Hour. Every week, the Salt and Light Hour brings you the best of Salt and Light, inspiring messages, insightful interviews, interesting commentary, and music, plus news updates, Saint of the Week, and great segments from all our contributors. Stay current with the Catholic Church in Canada and the world, and nourish your faith with the Salt and Light Hour. The Salt and Light Hour is Salt and Light's weekly audio podcast, available for download and on various radio stations across North America. Visit us at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. This is a special Christmas edition of the Salt and Light Hour. If you've never heard of the Salt and Light Hour and you're watching us on TV, it's our weekly radio program available online and on many Catholic radio stations across the United States. You can find out more at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. And now it's time for Media Ministry Minutes with Danny Torquia. Danny. Hello, Deacon Pedro. Welcome, Danny nice in the flesh. Here. Yeah, it's great to be here. Yes, good. So it's the end of the year. Yes. Um, a good time to take stock of what we've done in the year, blessings received, things we've done, things we haven't done, yeah, whether we should have done them better or not. And, and, and we thought, I mean, it's been two years that we've been doing this segment. Yeah, well, it's a segment dedicated to media ministry. Danny, you're what I would call a media minister. Yeah, public relations. An expert yeah. in public relations. <laughs> and, and public relations is an area that, can we say it's growing in the church? People are paying more attention to public relations in the church? It is. Public relations is growing both in the church, which is wonderful, and also in, in companies and in our society. So there's a lot of kids and students coming up through right. the ranks learning, and a lot of organizations, institutions are using it. So it's wonderful to see our church, our uh, community groups, etc., also finding the power of public relations to use it to, uh, to, towards a very big good, because PR is directed towards a societal good, a good thing in society. Okay, so other than the fact that it's a growing area in the church, because yeah. that's what we're here to do, why should we care about public relations? Well, public relations is all about maintaining good relationships with audience groups, uh -huh. whether it's internal, external. One of those audience groups that everyone talks about is media, mm -hmm. power of media. With, with social media and the explosion of citizen journalism, bloggers, everyone is a media... Uh, citizen these days right. in the digital continent, what the popes have spoken about. Mm -hmm. So PR is, is extremely important for people in our faith, especially the young people, to assert the faith, to assert their values, to also uh, be transparent to the world, to say, here's who we are, here's what we believe in, and here's why we deserve to stay in the public square, to deserve to have a voice in media, in um, to be talked about as a faith. We need a lot more media ministers, whether it's priests right, or right. church communicators, properly speaking. I think a lot of people have, the, they, they think of public relations, PR, and they think image. It's all about the image, and but that image is not necessarily the truth. You're saying something different here. There are 440 different textbook definitions of PR. <laughs> That's a problem. But real PR is about listening to uh -huh. audience groups okay. and tweaking behavior to ensure harmony 
Think mm -hmm. about that. That's deep. Yeah. Harmony, good relationships through the behavior of an organization. Right. And that is so important for our parishes to understand, our, our, our pastors, our church groups, so that when a big event comes into town, Christmas, Easter, Christmas. or a March for Life, pro-life march or rallies, that we don't just recoil and hang out with the, the choir and just preach to the, the mm -hmm. choir. We need to get out there and say yes to communications. You sound say like yes. Pope Francis, get out there. Are we, we talking about evangelization? Get out there. This is PR, my media ministry is about the new evangelization. Okay. We need to jazz up our church and do things differently, which means going into media interviews on CBC, on Fox, on CNN. Secular. And saying yes and taking the hits. Otherwise, we're not going to achieve anything and there will be no new evangelization to the maximum degree. Okay, so to be new evangelizers, do you think we need to start thinking of, of ourselves as PR specialists, as marketing specialists? As good communicators. And, okay. and that starts on li about listening. And, and if we just talk about social media and media mm -hmm. relations, those uh -huh. are two huge areas yeah. where there's a lot of positivity, optimism, a lot of good stuff going in our church. Mm -hmm. We need people to know how to uh, use Twitter and Facebook and all the YouTube right. and all these different social media engines and uh, platforms to communicate the faith. Uh -huh. Also listen, be inclusive, uh, not uh, create an in-group, out-group. There's a lot of key teachings uh -huh. that PR professionals use with their corporate clients. Right. How to communicate a message, how to listen, how to have focus groups, how to measure your, be your words and behavior yeah, yeah, yeah. to ensure you're doing the right thing. All of these best practices that we all use in the industry, right. we need to find people to use them uh, after church, after a homily, to go out of the pews and go into the community mm -hmm. um, and to really just build those bridges with secular Canada, secular America, okay, and and media relations and social media are two perfect examples of, of of areas where PR people can help. So social media and media relations. Can you just quickly go? So social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Yeah, we need to be better at using those to communicate the faith. Absolutely. Like for example, what does Saint Vincent de Paul do in your society, in your parish? Yes. Who's taking pictures? Who's communicating that? Right. It's not enough to just put it on the cork board of the parish hall. Mm -hmm. why, why don't we speak to when the parish is putting up a new a paint or, or doing some community work with a, a food bank. Yeah. Who's communicating to, uh, that those amazing deeds factually and not boastfully. PR right. people have Just to be humble, we're doing this, transparent. Posting it using we're social media. Yeah. So we need to communicate with, remember that to communicate with media, like journalists, Okay. You, you can't just talk about the faith when you're in a crisis. No. You have to talk about the faith when you're doing right. normal stuff. Okay, so you're talking about the St. Vincent de Paul or whatever's happening in a parish. If we're talking about promoting parish life, you're also saying that we need to do that with journalists, secular media, so that's media relations. Media relations is simply keeping open, keeping open doors with journalists. Could be local journalists at a, at a community level. Yeah. Could be regional journalists at a provincial or state yeah. level. But it's, I know this sounds technical here, mm -hmm. but it's, it's not no, rocket science. It's keeping it's open doors with journalists because journalists, you're in, the, you're in the neighborhood, you're in the community. The moment there's a crisis, they're going to call the diocese. Right. They're going to call the church because they've heard negativity. Mm -hmm. Well, in public relations, you're supposed to have a two-way street. So mm -hmm. when you're doing a big fundraiser or when you're investing in a new something cool in the parish, mm -hmm. who's taking the time to inform the local uh, right. media? Right. That, hey, we exist and we're doing this and here's why yeah. we're doing it. Or it's Palm Sunday, we're going around the streets or we're walking from our church to the evangelical churches. Here's why we're doing it. Here's a fact sheet. Yeah. Here's our spokesperson. He or she is around and happy to speak with you. 
to, to connect with journalists yeah. all year yeah. okay. is, is a good thing. It yeah. just takes time. And in fact, we've been talking about taking stock, and that is one of the segments that we have done with you. It's available on our website, saltandlighttv.org slash radio. Um, as how to deal with journalists, how to pitch them stories, what they need. Um, so all that information is there. Can you give us maybe quickly two, three examples of, of Catholic organizations who are doing great PR or media relations? Yeah, I mean, I think... Other uh, than Salt and Light. Uh, Salt and Light Catholic Media Foundation rocks, I say. Thank you. They, they do amazing work. Uh, that's amazing energy and great uh -huh. use of all the different media platforms, mm -hmm. radio, TV, magazines, etc. Uh, of course, so is the Catholic Channel. Yes. So uh, Father Robert Barron and Word on Fire Ministries is, yes. is amazing. There's, there's some in English, there's some in French, there's some in Spanish. There's no uh -huh. shortage. Right. People have to look and also right. ask pastors, ask people. Mm -hmm. But I think there's also this growing, in seminaries, they're teaching them about media training. They're teaching them yes, about PR. We, that's important. Yeah. So I think there's a lot more that we'll find, yeah. whether it's blog sites uh, or, or parish-based or, or diocesan-based communications. The United States Catholic, you know, Conference of Catholic Bishops does a lot of good work. Yes. So the, the Pope has the app, yes. the Pope app. It's good, but then you need salt and light. Mm -hmm. You need the Catholic Channel, other radio mm -hmm. stations, etc to explain maybe in more lay, simple terms or, or real examples in the community. Right. So all this is important. There's a lot of good stuff going. It, there is a lot of good but stuff. But the key is who's stepping up at the, at the parish level right. or locally. So everybody needs to be able to do it. Every, everybody from needs grandmothers and grandfathers to little kids. Okay, so just in the minute or so that we have left, what, because uh, I know and I learned this from you, good PR, call to action. So what, what are you going to leave us with? Well, if, if, when you're burning with zeal and, and when you feel the joy of Christianity, yeah. it's important to step up mm -hmm. and, and say, I will speak about my faith. I will learn and speak about it in an inclusive way, not yeah. us against them, but more we together, God's people, uh, Christians or non, uh, with that tone of yeah. inclusivity, inclusion, Speak after homilies. Write in your bulletin. Why not? Why shouldn't kids say, I want to write in my bulletin, yes. a fresh new column? Yeah. Or, or write yeah, in their local good, weekly. Yeah. Or, or write, uh, go to the, accept, maybe uh, speak to journalists. Uh, parishes and pastors need to say, I'll speak to journalists. Yeah. I will have an open door policy with media. I'll take the calls. Yes. Uh, we need our leaders to step up and say, I will take the call from the tough media outlet when they're upset. It's difficult, yeah. It's a media martyrdom, a small <laughs> moniker or... Uh, yes, you know. we talk about media ministers and media martyrs. martyrs. That's great advice. Danny, a lot of this information is already, we've already covered it and we're going to continue. So if you love what you're hearing, let us know your thoughts. You know where to reach us. Danny, thank you very much. My pleasure. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you too. Dan Torquia is the Managing uh, Director of Torquia Communications and you can follow him on social media on Twitter at Dan Torquia. I'm Deacon Pedro. If you missed any part of this program, you can stream all Salt and Light Hour episodes online at saltandlighttv.org radio. That's also where you can watch this TV program on demand. And now it's time for... What's Good in Hollywood with our Hollywood undercover missionary, Mark Matthews, in the flesh. Yes, the real. The real here you being are in here. the studio. More than just a voice. Yes. More than just a yes. voice. So Hollywood has taught you something about Christmas. It has. How so? What? Incarnation. 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 Okay. So at Christmas, we generally meditate upon the incarnation. That is, God made yeah. flesh in the person of the Christ child, yes. Jesus Christ. Yes. 
But have we really ever stopped to think about kind of how, what that really means? Incarnation. Incarnation. So it means more than just God becoming a human being. Why, why did he choose Palestine 2,000 years ago? Okay. Why did he come as a man, uh -huh. as a child? Uh -huh. um, why was he a carpenter? Ever wondered, like, I mean, he's God, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shouldn't he be a little bit more transcendent? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, maybe he should have just been a voice from the sky or an oracle. Or, or even just today where there's more social media, he could have reached more people. Isn't that from Jesus Christ? Superstar? Exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Doesn't, it doesn't yeah. really make that yeah, much yeah. sense. It's like, why, why, that should, time? why should something mm -hmm. infinite become finite? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so this, this, is, this is actually kind of... Uh, a really uh, deep concept, and you—I mm -hmm. mean, theologians have written volumes and volumes about this. So I'm actually yeah. wading very much out of out yeah. of my That's comfort right. zone. He's not a theologian. I am not a theologian. No, so no, if no, I make no, theological no. errors here, okay, Hollywood guy, please forgive yes, me. So, so the real connection here um, is art. Artists are incarnators. They okay, incarnate. Yeah, of course. That an artist has to put things into a concrete shape and form at a particular time and place. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, artists, they, they take transcendent ideas, transcendent thoughts, mm -hmm. um, feelings, and they give them form. Mm -hmm. And uh, artists know uh, more so, I think, than anyone of how hard it is to take one of those ideas, put it onto paper, and put it onto the screen. Okay. So, Hollywood yeah. being the world's center of film, mm -hmm. and I would argue that it's one of our highest art forms. We put more money and more effort yes. into it than any other art form. Yeah. So we have some of the world's best artists in Hollywood. And they are particularly, whether they realize it or not, they are particularly um, mm -hmm. sort of aware of incarnation and maybe how difficult or how miraculous it is to achieve. So, okay, wait, so you see your work specifically as yes. an incarnator. Exactly, yes. Because I'm you take an idea, a concept, yep. and you put flesh. Exactly, yes. It's something that makes it concrete. Yeah. As, as concrete as a picture is, uh -huh, uh -huh. but you're giving it form. Right. And so I guess what I've seen is a lot of my friends, they're mm -hmm. very, they're so, uh, if you're an artist, you're very dedicated. Um, all my friends are the starving artist types. Uh, <laughs> they've given up a stable career. Uh, they'll be lucky if they make a living wage in mm -hmm. 10 years. Mm -hmm. And I really mm -hmm. mean lucky. Really. Um, but in getting to know a lot of them, it's really neat to see just how attuned they are to uh, artistic things. Um, they're the kind of people who would regularly cry at a beautiful symphony, right. you know, or equally could make people cry through right. one of their performances. One of the best examples uh, I know of is a man who in Europe, he walked into a church and he was just struck in awe by the beauty of the architecture of this grand cathedral mm -hmm. and of all the art and the paintings and everything mm -hmm. like that. And he found himself saying, wow, who, who made this? Why did they make this? Yeah. You know, and just, wow, it's so beautiful. And this began his eventual conversion to Catholicism. Right. And he has since gone on to found uh, a school of the arts dedicated to making beautiful works of art. Okay, so that explains, that explains why the Catholic Church has such beautiful art, all the big cathedrals like you mentioned. Mm -hmm. So 
if I take that a step further, then what does that mean to me as a Catholic? I'm not in Hollywood. I'm not an art. Well, I am, but if uh-huh. I'm not an artist, um, how do I? What lesson do I take? So we can take a few lessons from it. So I guess the first is is just to recognize that people are touched by art in these very profound ways. Mm-hmm. So it basically just means we should go on making these beautiful works of art. The mm-hmm. church has been right for yeah, thousands yeah. of years to do okay. these things. Okay. So uh, beauty and truth can convert people and convert hearts. So beauty and truth, this is words of wisdom from Mark Matthews. Beauty and truth can convert, what did you say? Convert hearts. Hearts, how so? Um, because it's the truth that yeah. that there's a reason. Uh, it's, it's a revelation of God. Basic, okay. <laughs> let me let me let me rephrase this here. Yeah, yeah. We have to recognize that what we're doing as an artist is that we are echoing of the incarnation. That we are basically doing what God already did in the incarnation. Okay. That we can only create because God created the world. So uh, any time we as an artist create something. I mean, you can extend it too. If you're an engineer, you make something or whatnot. Um, It's ultimately because of God's initial creative power. And because we're in the image of God the Creator. Yes, exactly. Makes us creators too. Uh So so the second thing is just to recognize this. And it kind of has the important implication that anything we create or any art we create is ultimately uh, owned by God. And so you can kind of see how the world sometimes goes astray in this, mm-hmm. in that they make art uh, that says, no, it's all about me and my self-expression. It's essentially modernism or postmodernism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and you know, quite often you'll see kind of an anti-religious message in those kinds of things too. Yeah, yeah. So just realize, hey, you know, you owe your creative ability to God. So that's the second important thing. Okay. And then the third important thing would be to... Uh, infuse our creations with the same uh, love and beauty that God infused his uh, incarnation of Jesus Christ with. Yeah. And, and that's, again, this is kind of very highfalutin and very theological. No. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but I mean, Christ, Christ is the most beautiful creation. He was the most loving creation. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know if creation is the right theological term, but, but we should essentially... Hmm seek to make our artistic creations just as beautiful. Yeah. And meditating course. upon everything about the incarnation will help guide us in that. Can I ask you a question? Yes. Can you create if you can if you don't love? Mm. And you you're mm. you're an artist, right? So yes. I think that you I, I, do you find yourself in situations where you're creating something just because you have to. But if you don't really love it, you're not really creating. Love, I would say is an intricate part of creation as well yeah. too because love also involves incarnation uh, if you're a married couple yeah uh, you know you choose a specific time and place to say hey this is what we, we love each other we're getting married yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, through specific acts taking out the garbage mm-hmm. uh, anything like that to the final greatest incarnation of it is their children yes. so it's a real physical tangible yes. sign of their love yes. so it's all intimately tied up it's yes. way beyond my understanding but all these no, concepts that's, that's are very profound. Yes. Very profound. Word, we always have words of wisdom from our Hollywood undercover missionary. Thank you. So, I'm wading out of my my comfort zone here, but that's good. Let's and get you, deep for Christmas. You learned all that from living and working in Hollywood. I have. Yes. Excellent. Thank you very much for sharing You're that. Very welcome, Pedro. The incarnation. Mark Matthews, 
our Hollywood undercover missionary, and we did not speak to him today from his home in LA. <laughs> I'm Deacon Pedro. You can find me on Facebook. You can also find me on Twitter. And you can also find Salt and Light Radio on Facebook. And now it's time for... Windows to the Soul with Sister Marie Paul Curley. Sister, welcome. So good to see you. It's great to be here, Deacon Pedro. So you're going to be walking through Christmas... With a special companion. With a special companion who is a nativity character. Yes. Presumably, not Moses. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, okay. no, and actually she's been walking with me she? through Advent. So okay. the clue is out. Mm, yeah, it's, it's the Blessed Mother. Yes. Okay, good. Yes. So as our Advent and our Christmas companion in a special way, I thought we could do our Christmas countdown of movies looking at Mary's Yes. Okay, so, so we're not looking at five Mary movies. No, no. We're going to look at five different movies that help us to see what it meant for Mary to say yes. Okay. You know, when we think yeah. about Mary's yes of faith at the Annunciation, we think of angels. We think yes. of, wow, this is really God. It's an yes. angel in the room. Yes. But actually, she said yes over and over again throughout her life. Right. And what did that mean? Right. What was Mary really saying yes to? So... Our movie number five. Okay, number five. <laughs> is Mary said yes to a life of self-giving in the family by saying yes to being a mother. Okay. So the film that I'd like to um, offer for your thoughts is Frozen. It couldn't be warmer. It couldn't be sunnier. But that's about to change forever. Arendelle. It's completely frozen. Okay. Not now, okay. Okay. Sure. Not your typical choice. No, a lot but of people like that film. Well, it's got snow and it's got great music, so it and fits for Christmas. And a singing snowman. Yeah. That's right. But it also has a wonderful. Now, of course, the basic storyline: we have Elsa, the Snow Queen, who yes. freezes everything she touches. Yes. Uh, and so she has. She's always in trouble, basically. And her sister Anna, throughout the film, repeatedly puts her sister's needs ahead of her own, and acts out of love for her sister, even when she puts herself at risk. Right. And so this is a beautiful depiction of family love and really highlights this aspect of self-giving love that we're all called to in our families. So Anna is the one who continually says yes to, to family, love. to yes. self-giving self and yes, family. to okay. love in the family. Now we just have to survive this blizzard! That's no blizzard! Okay, so movie number four. Okay, number four. <laughs> well, Mary said yes to becoming a mother in an unexpected way. Yes. So we're looking at the blind side. Michael was here. Tell him to sleep with one eye open. You threaten my son. You threaten me. Okay, Sandra, Sandra Bullock. Bullock. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, great movie. Now, she was a woman who seemed to have everything. She was married to a very wealthy yeah, man. Yeah, she had yeah, three yeah. kids. She had a career that she was very yes. into in the beginning of the movie. Mm. And yet she sees this homeless teen who the rest of society sees either as a throwaway or, or as a threat. See. Or yeah. they don't see yeah. him at all. Yeah. Uh, and she sees him. She feels that call to become his mother and she embraces him and brings him into the heart of her family that's right. transforming her family right so she's a mother in a very powerful way right so she's already a mother still she says yes to being a 
a fuller mother. Yeah, to being a mother in maybe on it goes beyond just being a mother in the physical sense. Um, and think about Mary's motherhood. You know, when Mary became the mother of Jesus, she also accepted eventually becoming the mother of the church as well. Right. Being a mother to the yeah. disciples. Yeah, you know, of course. Accepting motherhood in an unexpected way. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, so number five, yep. frozen. Number four, the blind side. And number three. Number three. Uh, Mary said yes to the hardships that would accompany becoming a mother before being married to Joseph. Okay, so yes. So this is not a film for kids. This is not a family film. This is really a film for the adults in the audience mm -hmm. here uh, who, would, uh, who want to explore a little more what does it mean to, uh, for Mary to have said yes when she had no resources, uh, she had no idea how Joseph would accept right, the news that she was married. expecting. She's not married. So the film is uh, the 2000 Where the Heart Is. But she's about to discover if you're going to wind up broke and abandoned, there are worse places to stay than this. Made in the year 2000, starring Natalie Portman and Ashley Judd. Okay. And it's now, of course, uh, it's a young pregnant woman. Uh, and she doesn't conceive in a miraculous way. But she is abandoned by her boyfriend when they're on the road. They're traveling somewhere and her, her boyfriend just abandons her. Uh -huh. And so she ends up in this tiny little town with no money, no resources. And what does she do? She's pregnant and she's alone. And you know what? If it hadn't been for St. Joseph, that would have been Mary. That would have been our Blessed Mother in the same situation. And so the movie beautifully plays this out, that this young woman who is committed to the new life of her child, uh, and yet what does she do? Um, she, uh, and actually it's very cool because there is a St. Joseph figure in the film. It right. really, there's a lot of parallels to the nativity story I've in the movie. I've never heard of this film, the Where the Heart Is. Where the Heart Is. So again, I have to warn you, there is a lot of, there is some sexual and violent content. Okay, so it's not for it's, the whole family. It's not for the whole family, but for adults, if you're really looking at what does it mean to be unmarried and mm -hmm. pregnant in our society, what okay. was Mary risking? It's a great film to reflect on that and to reflect on the hardships that Mary faced, even being in an outsider. Right. You know. Interesting. Uh, I'm going to look that up. So it's a great film. Good so that's Christmas, our number three. The Christmas movie watching. I don't know. <laughs> sure. So film number two. Number two. Mary says yes to her God-given mission. Uh-huh. Now, she says yes with great humility. Okay. I am the handmaid of the Lord. So we're not talking about Mission Impossible here. Not really. No, and okay. actually, humility. I, I was very tempted to pick a superhero movie because, you know, oh, even, yeah, the, yeah. even the Lego movie has a call right. from, you know, it could be interpreted as a call from God, the prophecy yes. to, to, you know, to become the special. Um, so you could look yeah. at any of the great superhero movies that have come out in the past couple of years and yeah, say that would all, be a great yeah, film absolutely. to reflect on Mary's yes. But no, I wanted to look for our protagonist who said yes to a mission with great humility. And, of course, I fell back to the trilogy that I think should be every year's Christmas viewing, which is The Lord the of the Rings. The Lord of the Rings. <laughs> you cannot do this alone. You have my sword. And you have my bow. And my axe. This task was appointed to you. And if you do not find a way, no one will. 
So Frodo. The, Frodo, especially in the Fellowship of the Ring, uh -huh. uh, there's a couple great scenes, but especially the Council of Elrond, mm -hmm. when you know Elrond at Rivendell, he's he's the Elfin Lord. Yes. He explains to this whole crew of like valiant warriors and what and whoever they are, the wizards yeah. and all these powerful people, that this is the mission. You know, the mission which yes. is so risky and dark and could lead to death and destruction. But if it's not done, the whole world will suffer. And who offers to go? but Frodo, yeah. who is the littlest and weakest among uh -huh. them. And it's so great, he's like, I'll take the ring, yeah. <laughs> even though I don't know the way, you know? Yes. And actually, that's part of the reason I love Middle-earth and Tolkien's world, because we've got the humility of hobbits. Yeah, I like that with Mary. I'll, I'll do the mission, even though I don't know the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, that's really the call that all of us have to yeah. have to accept. I mean, eventually, we realize we don't know the yeah. way. Yeah, okay, so, good. Okay, so, okay, so, so wait, so Frozen? Blind side, where the heart is. We'll, we'll get to the the calls because I don't remember what they were, <laughs> and and fellowship of the ring with Frodo saying yes to the God given mission. Yes. Okay. Yes. And then and number, we have one? number one. Number one was a tie, um, and I cheated a little bit <laughs> because I really wanted to, and I did this for myself. I really wanted I, to see films about the Blessed Mother saying yes. And what did that okay, mean? Okay, so this is a so movie I about Mary. Picked out, yeah, so I picked actually two films about Mary. Two, okay. I picked The Nativity Story. A husband has been chosen for me. How was he to believe this? Do you know how much disgrace you have brought upon yourself, upon Joseph, Mary? I have broken no vow. Okay, Which yeah. really focuses on that early yes of yes. Mary at the beginning, at the Annunciation. And you know, and it ends just during the flight to Egypt. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, so that's the stretch of Mary's mm -hmm. life that it does. Um, and it's a, very, it's a very powerful portrayal of Mary in that it foreshadows a lot of later parts of the Gospel. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a very rich look at Mary, especially in light of her relationship with Joseph yeah. and Joseph's support in helping Mary to carry out that oh, And yes. also showing Joseph's yes. Yeah, Joseph has a big yes, that of movie, course. And I, now I can't remember it very well. It's been a couple of years, but but we forget that Joseph also had to say yes. Oh, Joseph had to say a huge yes, and he's a great uh, Christmas. Yeah. He's a great Christmas companion yes, too. You know, I just okay, all right, yes. maybe next year we'll have to look at Joseph's yes. Uh, the second film, you know, okay. that I wanted to highlight, uh, you know, is uh, Mary of Nazareth. Mother, rejoice and be happy. Here I am. A lot of people can see at Christmas this year for the yes, first time. Yes, because it came out last year, I believe. Yes, yes. In the, in, and so yes. it's, uh, although it's very long and it covers Mary's whole life, the real uh -huh. key to the film is Mary always saying, yes, here I am. They actually mm -hmm. repeat the words, here mm -hmm. I am. It's several key moments of the film. Yeah. And uh, moments that, you know, St. John Paul has talked about as key moments of yeah. Mary's, yes. Yeah. So uh, those are some great choices for Christmas. Okay, films. so that's a lot of Christmas movie <laughs> watching. <laughs> movies about yes, uh, so so the, you tell me what the call are. So number five is Frozen, yes. Yes to family. Yes to family. Number four is The Blind Side, yes, yes to... Yes to becoming a mother in an unexpected way. Okay, number three. Three, um, where the heart is. Yes, to becoming a mother. Uh, the hardship the that accompanies becoming become a mother. A mother. Okay. <laughs> Number two, the Fellowship of the Ring. Frodo. Yes, yes to our mission. Our God-given mission. God -given mission. mission. And number one, the tie, the two Christmas, <laughs> I guess they're Christmas movies, the Nativity Story and 
Mary of Nazareth. Nazareth. Okay, good. So um, we got 12 days of Christmas, only five films. That's doable. <laughs> Thank you, Sister Marie Paul. Thank you for that, for that list. Thank you, Deacon Pedro. Sister Marie Paul Curley is a member of the Congregation of the Daughters of St. Paul. You can read her blog at windowstothesoul.wordpress.com. You can also follow her at Sister M. Paul. Here now is Marie Miller with her version of Silent Night. Silent Night. You can learn more about Marie Miller at her website, mariemillermusic.com. And that brings us to the end of the program. Remember that Salt and Light TV, Salt and Light Radio, and the Salt and Light Hour are now on Roku, so check it out. You can also stream or podcast all our Salt and Light Hour programs at our website, saltandlighttv.org radio. All our programs are available there for download. On that same page, you can find links to all the artists whom we feature on the Salt and Light Hour and also listen to uninterrupted music all day long on our four online Salt and Light radio stations. Christian music like never before. In fact, during the Christmas season, we've added Salt and Light Radio 5, Christmas music like never before. That's your home for Catholic Christmas music all throughout the season. Salt and Light Radio and the Salt and Light Hour are ministries of Salt and Light Catholic Media Foundation. You can learn all about Salt and Light and all we do at saltandlighttv.org. Today, I was joined by our saint expert, Andrew Santos, our public relations expert, Danny Tortia, our parenting expert, Jillian Cantor, our Hollywood undercover missionary, Mark Matthews, and our film expert, Sister Marie Paul Curley. Our sound engineer is Javier Capella, and because this show was also made for TV, our camera and lighting was done by David LaRosse with the help of Jason Brown. Our production assistant was Monica Slovak, and the show was edited by Richard Valenti. The executive producer of Salt and Light Media is Father Thomas Rosica. I am Deacon Pedro, and I love doing this show. I hope 
that you love listening to it, and that you enjoyed seeing what we all look like on TV. Thank you for being with us. Have a holy and blessed Christmas season.